Hello, and welcome to Folklore. Folklore. I am Folklord. I am speaking about myself in the third person, referring to my title as Lord of Folk um, on an inquisitive neo-mythic fact-finder to um, learn about the folklore of today and to emerge and wear the mantle of one who might have chosen to don the title of said uh, guy who's doing that, which is Folklore. The J is silent on the end of uh, Folklore. Um, this is a... Uh, reluctant to call it a podcast because I'm uh, I don't like don't like doing the done thing uh, so I like pulling the wool over my eyes uh, pretending that uh, I'm being unique I'm uh, I, I'm what am I yeah I'm, I'm reluctant even to to call myself my name's Hugh Cooney, and I'm I'm reluctant to call myself a comedian. I'm not a comedian. I'm better than that. I've, uh, I'm bigger than that. And, um, you know, maybe in some of your small-time Venn diagrams, you might be able to, to put me in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm much more of a... I'm more of an artist, I suppose... And um, I would ask you to try and expand your tiny minds to try and understand that. That this isn't just, you know, I'm not just Mr. Funny Man. I'm, uh, I'm unwilling to, to call myself a stand-up comedian. I, uh, I'm trying to demonstrate um, through this informative podcast that I am in fact a multi-layered individual with depth and with uh, uh, emotions and a grasp of uh, the intriguing stories and uh, storytelling that uh, humankind uh, that contained it's contained within the people the folk the folklore of the people and I would not set myself upon a throne uh, but ex- send myself upon a quest uh, in order to have a greater understanding uh, of these tales which we tell each other and but also to tell you my tale 
Now, I'm not going to apologise. Like, this, just, there is, this podcast, I fuck a cult podcast, this performance piece is very much, it's got all sorts of stuff going on. There, I am, I'm, the main thrust is that I have imagined a fantasy scenario where uh, the internet goes off. Like, because bloody, it'll be the last bloody thing that we need to happen now. You know, I mean, God, with everything that's happened so far, the last bloody thing we need is for the internet to go off. Am I right, guys? <laughs> you thought Trump was bad. Imagine the internet's gonna go off. <laughs> um, this uh, this dumpster fire, um, for want of a better uh, imported metaphor. Uh, I've never referred to anything as a dumpster before in my life, but <laughs> I'm just picking up on someone else said it, so I'm saying it because it's. I just want to say it. So, yeah. So imagine the internet went off, and um, what? So what I'm trying to do is I'm. I was thinking about isolation. Uh, when we went into the first lockdown I was trying to envisage myself uh, in a constructive manner as an isolated monk much like the kind of isolated Christian monks um, that would have been in the beehive huts in uh, all over the shop on the, the Blasket Islands and Dirty uh, D Island star into Star Wars, if you know. Um, and uh, just imagining myself um, scribing. I love I love uh, calligraphy and uh, chip on my shoulder in, in school about my handwriting. I got stuck into calligraphy, and I've I started collecting stories from Twitter and scribing them, hand-scribing them. So I've set myself the task to create a, a synopsist, synopsized hard copy of the internet and uh, using poetic tweet-sized chunks, uh, tweet-distilled pieces of uh, text stories uh, which I am equating to the folklore of our time and I want to build this uh, this hard copy so that, you know, if the internet went off then uh, people would be like oh my god, what are we doing when the internet I can't even remember did anyone write anything down what are we going to do and then once someone go Oh, there's this, there's this uh, mythical guy. His name's Folklore. I don't even know his real name anymore because people just refer to him as Folklore. And I hear he's got this book. There are many ancient books found in Ireland. Uh, the book Kells, Leber, Garvala, which you'll hear me say several times through this thing, leber, leber, lever, and uh, 
various other books and I'm these tomes I'm making a tome of our time of these tweets and you can look I'm going to stop dressing it up I'm, I'm basically I'm selling my wares on my website and I'm trying to point you in that direction from this podcast that's what's, what's going on here but I'm, I'm trying to trying to make it exciting so yeah I'm making this ancient mythical book uh, full of these different stories and uh, I'll be reading out some of those pages that I've scribed um, and, and just combined like oh, this, is, this is a project that's going to take me a long time um, and it will be ever evolving uh, as per the changing virus situations I'm not sure what I'm going to call the book working title at the moment is the the book of cools as in uh, the book of Kells like but the book of cool stories so um yeah or the book of the sickness you know giving it a bit of a street vibe like I don't because but also kind of saying that it's like about you know the generally the sickness that's going around uh but then also uh like um like if something's sick you know what I mean um because it's really brilliant so that's I'm I'm that's what I'm doing here that's the main thing but it's this this it's about storytelling and uh I there'll be there's gonna be various threads but there there's also there's a there's another story at play here that I'm not going to tell you what it's actually about but my intentions in using my folkloric knowledge are I'm trying to get something out of this and uh, that will not be revealed for a, for a while I'm going to be going to be dropping hints uh towards um that kind of brooding Sauron-esque type uh, plan plot and I think it's a bloody ironclad thing that I've, I've come to um, resolution and vows I've written the vows of the folklord um, which spell as in to cast a spell and by writing it down I have uh, in my Uniqlo style hand uh, um, I've ironclad my intention but my devices and plotting shall not be revealed for now but I shall endeavour now to expand upon a thread of this podcast which uh, will give me excellent fodder to talk shite at length which I hope 
um, you shall enjoy. And this sec segment or um, segment of episodes will be um, will appear every now and again. And I want you to view the episodes of this performance piece slash podcast, for want of a better term, to describe what's going on here. Um, to think about it as a library of many different scrolls. Uh, and you can kind of dip in anywhere you like uh, and and enjoy this thread will be about the curriculum vitae. Now, personally, I just... There's something so disingenuous about the curriculum vitae. Uh, and it's... It actually makes me sick. And it's... It, I think it's kept me out of many jobs. I've, I don't know, maybe like, I, uh, as an artist, I have tried to kind of do, like work in pubs and do landscaping, physical jobs, and try and save my creative jouse uh, for my stuff, for things that I personally want to do and I don't know whether it's because I don't really play well with others um, but I yeah so I don't know whether I've I've kind of uh, snookered myself in that sense that perhaps I, I would have been better served to go into a creative agency or some something like that and under those the, that kind of pressure cooker of work perhaps I would have I don't know, found a niche um, forged in the fires of hell uh, that I could, would have decided what it really is that I'm doing. So when I say that my inability to get my curriculum V-Day together would have kept me out of creative agency I'm not sure if that was a good thing but it did because uh, there would be plenty of occasions when I'd just be in London uh, struggling with really poxy wages uh, I remember I was doing quite well in 2012 uh, before I went to London and you know I had kind of running this mad art space um, called Superfast and it's chaotic but I had a few irons in the fire that were kind of keeping me going and I had a I had a system uh, but it was like going to a new city but going to London was kind of crippling because in that instance um, that I went to suddenly the phone stopped ringing you know 
and I was working in a pub and I was on really terrible money and I was just like oh god what have I done um, that's not to say I didn't have many valuable um, and growth inducing experiences and it broadened my horizons but um, it definitely yeah I don't know it did took the wind out of my sails um, definitely um, but what I'm getting at is the curriculum vitae it's such a nightmare to bloody sit down and you're applying for jobs what I hate about it is what I'm saying about it being disingenuous is that you have to change the curriculum vitae depending on what job you go to now that for me is just absolute bollocks like why so I am coincidentally going to have the CV that's ideal for said position um, each time each time like I, I kind of oh look this guy happens to have uh, ideal experience seemingly ideal experience for the position um, oh, and like everyone knows what everyone does when they make a CV so what it's just a, it's a charade people give it up um, but what I'm I'm going to try and do for you in these segments is I'm going to give you my 100% um, I'm trying to think of the word oh, I can't think of it extensive extensive doesn't go far enough um, I, I, what I'm saying is this is it's a CV from start to finish my first job and going through every single job that I, I have ever had so I'm not I'm not sitting down and uh, doing up a and there's people out there going yeah but that's the whole point you don't get it you do the CV and it is actually it in itself is actually an exercise and so you're demonstrating you know what you can do you're demonstrating your ability to adapt and um, you're demonstrating your ability to to lick arse that's what you're doing um, you're you're like oh I'm perfect I'm brilliant I'll um, yeah look I don't know where I'm going with this I'm just saying anyway I don't, I'm not I'm not trying to make a really any sort of majorly valid point and I'm trying to um, create an entertaining situation uh, which will allow me room to uh shoot the shit over the various jobs every single job from start to finish so this is it's not going to be like a standard CV right um so where does it all start now officially like 
to actually going into the workplace the first place that I worked was the Downshire House Hotel in Blessington but on thinking about this I actually think that my see my mother is very crafty and she she made a lot of kind of cushions uh, and quilt like cot quilts and children's clothing reversible children's clothing uh, she she famously made the the, the quillow and um, which is a quilt and a pillow also referred to as a bit billow blanket in a pillow not entirely accurate but um yeah so the, it, the one the one my mother did was uh, the the quillow very talented uh, at sewing and loves bright colors and things like that but we're gorgeous yokes surely famously uh, refers to the quillow as completely useless because you have to um you like it, it's a cushion but then you open it up and it turns into a quilt so it kind of defeats the purpose because you just need two of them anyway you know if you if like if you're having a sleep you can do it out the pillow or the cushion uh, but the the what you do is you anyway i'll go back i'll talk about the quillow now in a bit but yeah, so I think my, really my first job was my mother would go uh, and sell stuff at craft fairs all over Ireland uh, with um, all these wonderful crafts that she made. Um, the Quillow was the big one, but there was like reversible body warmers and hats, you know, they all have frogs and cats, like really bright colours and but quillows you you do quillows with like you know Massey Ferguson's on it on them and uh, you know you'd sell sell them down the, the ploughing championships but I was thinking I thinking about all the different things and like it's hilarious the the various different things entailed in that job have become all of the different things that I like or pivotal I, I can link kind of pivotal moments from doing that job from the age of like I think it must have been I think 10 maybe from 10 till about 16 I was doing this and um, so I'd pack I'd help mum pack up the car and uh you know, with all the shelving and um, all the gear, and we, there was a we had a horse box, and we put put a load of stuff in that. Used to do bean bags as well, um, and they took up quite a lot of space. So we'd 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 go to these various uh, craft fairs around the country. So you pack up the car uh, and. And go to all these different places 
and so yeah so there's the element of packing the car up uh, and then for example but that that was work that I kind of fell into when I was in, in London but I, I found myself I, I was um, I found myself uh, crewing and it was quite funny because I just remember being in the back of a truck you know kind of Got, and they, I'd, I'd be unloading trucks and going around to loads of different places in London and um, seeing all these different places in London uh, the strange places that you wouldn't see otherwise like the, these Masonic halls and mad event spaces with all these kind of ancient tapestries and things like that and I kind of that was the work that I kind of gravitated to kind of physical work so I kind of saw it as being paid to go to the paid to go to the gym so I'd kind of cycle around the town and uh, go to go to these different these different buildings um, but the, the, by the same volition I was doing that I had been doing that as a child anyway uh, I'd been going around to all these different locations like I don't know Slane Castle and as I mentioned the Ploughing Championships but just yeah anywhere all these big old houses and it was amazing because you'd see all these places and you but you'd also I was taken in I was kind of absorbing all of the crafts and the different things that were going on and different things that people were selling and yeah, so I was I, I was I was talking to my mother, just laughing about it, just saying I was well prepared for all of this crack. And even one of my jobs, just at the end, I'm not I haven't been crewing since I came back, I came back from London like two years ago. But the last job that I did did was actually working for Marks and Spencers. Maybe I should leave this till the end. No, I know. I'll do, look. This doesn't have to be hard and fast. But I was going around setting up, building the Marks and Spencer's shop at the agricultural shows. Um. So, uh, yeah, I was in Balmoral. It's it's actually right beside the Maze Prison, actually, where they they do that one there, and. Uh, the one in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, and then one in Wales, and it was a, it was an amazing actually. It was a last hurrah of really, you know, I'd been living in London in a kind of insular kind of bubble, but then it took this work kind of took me to these different places and allowed me before I left the UK to really get a really good idea of what the story was and all these different spots but it's fun it's it's funny how it was just interesting how the the, the parallels between I've just been doing the same thing all along or drawn to the same kind of activity same aptitude for these these things that I'd learned 
and but then also at these craft fairs when I went around doing these in in Ireland, uh, there there'd be all sorts of there'd be like a drawing class maybe, and I learned uh, I think it was in there was one particular show in Slane in Mead and just just influenced the entirety of all of the the strings of the different bits of art that I make like I did oh, I did a a class in one point perspective and that was the kind of work that got me into art college as a painter I did, did this huge series of paintings as uh, just these basic like internal kind of one point perspectives um, that so like I could I could pinpoint that to a class that I did at one of these these uh, these craft fairs, um, and then also there was uh, just like a, a battle to be like battle reenactments and people in in uh, armor and all sorts of different stuff and uh, I did, we did there's a did a project. At one stage, for the International League of Harriers, uh, that was a massive. I'll do a podcast on that on its own, but that was a massive kind of rolling battle with fireworks uh, down in Offaly in an art space there called the Good Hatchery. But yeah, there, there, I think that was inspired by seeing these kind of reenactments at these uh at the at these craft fairs. One this one particular one was really like <laughs> there's this there's an old guy and he was absolutely lethal with with plums and a sling. Like a sling is like a it's the same thing that yeah was it David did Goliath in with. And it's just like a leather thong uh, and with a, a wider bit in the middle and you, you put a stone in it and you or something round or whatever and you uh, you fold it over and you swing it round and you you let 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 one side of it go and it just it sends it you get better purchase than you would if you uh, were to just throw it, you know. But I just, I'll never forget, there was these three kind of guys done up in, I don't know, where they in, looked like Norse gear. Like, uh, you know, the helmets with the little thing come down to guard the nose. And they had round shields. But I just, there was four guys kind of linked a kind of shield wall on one side of this arena you know the arena where they trot trot the little the the animals around and inspect them but there's this guy in kind of medieval dress and he was he's like spinning these plums and he was absolutely lamping the the shields but, but like to the degree that he was firing them and and kind of getting them, getting the helmets. They 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 were kind of advancing, and they had the the helmets held up to their their faces. 
but he was he was he was working the angles. He was trying. He was. He really had it. He had it tuned in, and he was. He was. He was getting them, you know, in the head, but then tops of the shield. So he was really good. But uh, that was exciting stuff, and uh, then I think after getting into seeing what was possible, what to do with kind of. Uh, Anything was possible for in uh, in our college. Looking at you know kind of performance based projects and things like that. And a lot of those kind of a lot of those things that I had seen um, became really good inspiration for um, some of the projects that I've 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 done, which you can check out on me website. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it was a, it was it was really good. Like at the time, like it was a bit of a ball ache as well. You'd be like, "Oh God, I don't, I don't want to do it." You know, it was a Saturday. Now my my brother, he did it as well, but he wasn't as keen on it. Um, but uh, yeah, because we had to like. We had to do demonstrations, like so. I, I, if you ever need someone to demonstrate a quillo, I'm your man. Uh, it's uh, you basically. So, yeah, I don't know. I did like, and then, as well, going towards the. I'm. I like performance and uh, performing on stage, uh, etc. And but I, I was. We were kind of yeah. You were forced to have to actually demonstrate these quillos to uh, an audience. So yeah, perhaps my first spell on stage was uh, was yeah demonstrating the quillos, pulling out the inside flaps down. You put your fingers up into the corners and pull the two corners out. Turn it inside out, and you've got a pocket for your feet down the bottom. Hold it up, and then you talk about the the type of wadding. I think it was like ten ounce wadding. If anyone's into that type of stuff, that's the type of quality we're talking about. The type of tog uh, that my mother was putting into these. But I, I think my my brother was missing a trick because he didn't realise that I was also shifting my way around Ireland and that there was there was um, there was shifts be, to be had uh, to be to be harvested at the at the fairs but yeah I didn't really I hadn't really thought about it and I was kind of thinking about this segment of like going through jobs as a means to to find stories and to kind of tell my own story but then yeah thinking about this in the context of um it it was so so irish like it it seems like these kind of fairs and craft fairs i know they have them everywhere but I wonder is it is it just a it's just been a rolling kind of ongoing thing you know various ones shutting down and starting up but 
these agricultural fairs must be absolutely old as the hills, you know, and maybe unofficiated at times. But and that's what the crack was at these kind of these meetings that you were you were you were after the shift also. So it was a good job, and I'm very grateful for the. Um, for the inspiration that it's given me and uh, the, the means that it gave me to um, lead a very versatile life or varied um, or, or yeah you might say disparate but yeah, it's allowed me, it's given me a love for doing lots of different things. And I have to thank, thank my mother for that. I think, was I speaking about her in the past tense there? She's she's not dead, um, thank God. Um, but I was more speaking, speaking about the past fondly that particular time I do remember one time we were coming back from a show in uh, in so many different things happened at these things but uh, we were coming back from a show and we were we'd be, I think it was like two days we had done up in uh, was it the Bal- Balmoral show in the King's Hall in Belfast anyway but um, it was my first trip across the border and um, funny, funny reactions actually when we were up there. You know, you get, because some people saying like, what are you doing here? And other people saying it was nice to see people across the border. Um, so I do remember it being a little bit spicy in that sense um, but yeah I think I think the song Zombie had just come out and I remember driving We'd so you're driving from we'd stopped in Dundalk no it was a drive there Dundalk McDonald's we'd McDonald's uh, but it was late at night and it was really Really spicy. Um, I remember someone sh- this this lad absolutely hammered, but screaming at my mother. But I was, yeah, I was slightly emasculated. Felt powerless because um, this guy would have knocked the absolute bollocks out of me. But uh, I was, uh, he was shouting at my mother. So kind of <laughs> half ready to stand up but um, a bit scared uh, then the security guard took took him away but this, I don't know it's just a, an instance of that I remember zombie came out but uh, we were driving we were getting close to home but it was raining and it was it was dark and we were very tired and a bit grouchy and stuff and I was singing along to zombie had been on earlier uh, but I was 
I'd continued to sing Zombie um, for a while afterwards, trying to get the trying to get Dolores Reardon's uh, you know key jump, you know the kind of key jump. I don't know whether you call it a key jump, but the way that she uh, kind of it's like uh, she's controlling the embarrassing bit that uh, a child, uh, um, an adolescent whose voice is breaking goes through so she's going in your head in your head zombie 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 oh 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 they are fighting in your head what's in your head Zombie, 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 eh, 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 oh, 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 oh. Yeah, so anyway, I just remember, <laughs> I just remember my mother saying, Hugh, will you shut the fuck up? Uh, no, she didn't say it. She was, will you shut up? Put the fuck in for spice. But, uh, yeah, she snapped. Um, but that's I suppose the working environment um, uh, it's tough sometimes so I suppose that that's that's my first job and um, it's it's great thank you mum thank you for for those 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 good times all the memories and giving me the tools to um to uh to work and to get the shift from strangers uh etc thank you so yeah so my f- i think i'm after going way over on that i don't want to make this too long do you know what? i'm going to I'm going to leave the Downshire House Hotel for the next instalment of the Curriculum Vitae. Um, um, I'm going to skip on to uh, the most recent... I'm going to I'm going to read you one of the pages of the Book of Sickness. Now, you can... You can be a part of this Book of Cools. Uh, you just need to go to my website and you can commission your very own page of the book of the sickness and maybe give me a suggestion for what you would call this this book now this book as I said is a hard copy just in case the internet goes off now we could not be we might not actually be that far away from this do you know that? because I was there was an article about uh what was it it was about the 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 magnetic fields of the of the world flipping the like the poles flipping due to flipping due to flipping low solar activity and basically several things would happen it's like the aurora borealis uh would be um wouldn't be blocked by the, the earth's magnetic fields but we'd all be done in by solar rays uh, cosmic rays 
and uh, that's why there's apparently uh, somebody has said the reason that there is a load of cave paintings back 42,000 years ago is because people were forced to live in caves due to these solar storms and this period went on it went on for about 800 years so if you think things can't get worse they potentially could <laughs> whoever was doing this it, 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 whoever put it was on I was on news talk I was listening to and whoever was doing this piece had uh, or decided to do it had the dark sense of humour because it's like you're listening to all the, the kind of COVID numbers and the, the disaster etc and lockdown bad lockdown news and then there's this piece about oh yeah well you know we could be due apparently they think we're due one of these these flips of the of the poles so north would go south and south would go north so a couple of different things would happen the, the satellite system would stop working uh, altogether and um, we'd have to use all our maps upside down uh, and then what else would happen yeah electricity would stop flowing through high tension cables apparently so yeah so that's 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 the bloody internet going off guys I don't care what you say so maybe I'm I'm right here am I one of those crazy people on a box no I'm it's a hypothetical doom and gloom that uh, I'm trying to cheer you up with um, I'm imagining a scenario kind of after the black death uh, maybe where feudalism is reinstalled into the world and then I will be a master of knowledge with my book because people are like oh my god the internet's gone off where's that guy with the book yeah so I've said all that already but what I'm going to do is I'm going to read somebody who wishes to actually remain anonymous has uh, this this is beautiful actually this is really in the spirit of what I'm saying so I'm what I'm saying is that tweet like a tweet it is a poetic distilled th- thought through piece of writing that has panned for the gold of the story to really try and get it across um in the most concise punchy and uh, funny way uh, so this, this is this one some teenagers thought they had found an alien so they kicked it to death turned out it was a sloth with alopecia so what that's about it's it's about in 2009 in Panama now you can look this up it's known as the Panama Beast uh, and it was a sloth uh, arrived basically I've ruined well no I haven't ruined it because it's contained in that page of the book so Basically, this crazy 
a strange beast emerged from the forest in Panama and some teenagers saw it and they thought it was an alien so they kicked it to death I come in peace uh, and then uh, yeah these the teenagers uh, killed it uh, nobody knew what it was and you can see photos of it if you've never seen a, a sloth um, with alopecia it's look it, it it's because of the physicality of the sloth it's got a similar kind of look to perhaps a kind of a human human body so yeah so that's that's the kind of information that needs to be you know I'm talking about this hard copy of the internet is is going to be an a synopsis like an operation an operational manual for getting society back on track if the internet goes down so you could be a part of this book your what you choose to to go into this book um you can you can enact that you can you can be a part part of history really like when you think about it so you can you can commission your own book your own page of this book and I would encourage you to do so and what will happen when you order one of these is that I will talk about it here on the podcast on the on the performance piece Um. But you'll also receive a video with me voiceovering your particular page. And you will also receive a copy of this hand-scribed calligraphied piece scribed by Folklord himself. Mm. That's it. Close your mouth now. Take your jaw off the floor and, and get clicking. If not, just enjoy. Just enjoy these these tales, these stories of this ancient time that is now. Mm-hmm.